We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. The packaging might be pretty, but what's inside is definitely not. All right, so we are back with part two with Lauren Bex, uh, talking about pet food marketing schemes, mystery meats, and how pet food manufacturers are making us all look like a bunch of fools. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality, USDA-inspected, free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. We know that what you choose to feed your pet is just as important as what you choose to feed yourself, which is why Steve's Real Food is formulated for optimal health that exceeds AFCO minimums. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. A lot of these kibble companies use an ingredient called meat meal. And so for a lot of people, I don't think they understand what meat meal is. And I don't think they understand like the whole rendering process. So meat meal, you'll find meat meal in a lot of dry pet foods. Um, It's a dried end product of the cooking process, um, which is known as rendering. Rendering is a a lot like making stew, except that it's overcooked intentionally. Well, you take a bunch of non-human grade ingredients and you put them into a giant vat Mm -hmm. and you just bake it into a residue. You just process it in incredibly high temperatures. Yeah. Right. The problem with the problem, I mean, not only are you cooking this in a huge vat at really high temperatures and turning it into a powder, but a lot of these, I was going to quote Dr. Connor Brady from his book because he's got, the, the problem is, is that there's pets, a lot of pets going into this meat meal. There's a recent thing that happened with, with Rachel Ray, um, her, her lamb and rice formula, um, which are supposed to be a limited ingredient lamb and rice. Turns out, yeah, it's had only five ingredients, right? The whole freaking farm was in this pet food. You had chicken, you had cow, you had pork, you had horse, um, dog, you had dog, yeah. So, and again, because they're getting they're using rendered meats, so they don't know what's in there. Is it even meat? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely DNA from that animal, but who knows what it is, and also. When you're using euthanized dogs and cats, not only are you feeding these animals themselves, like but phenobarbital. Um, yeah, you're feeding them the, euthani- the euthanasia, euthanasia compound, that, that phenobarbital, and that's right. a lot, a lot of recalls. I mean, proportionately to how they should be, a lot of phenobarbital recalls, um, yeah. which is literally just red flag number one. They're using euthanized animals. You don't euthanize cows, first of all. You don't euthanize farm animals. Yeah. You euthanize pets. Right. So that means if that food was then recalled for phenobarbital, that means that there's pets. There's pets. You're feeding your dog, dog. like the idea that there could be dog meat in your dog food? Yeah. Nobody should. Real quick, there's a, so from, I I really like this, but I know I quote it all the time, but Dr. Crane, Dr. Dr. Connor Brady's feeding dogs. He says, in the 1980s, a startling 40% of pets euthanized in large U.S. cities were rendered for meat, bone, meal, and fat. He goes on to say that, um, uh, Martin, 1997, the study highlights that figures from the National Animal Control Association stated 13 million household pets were euthanized each year in the U.S., 200 tons from L.A. each month. 
Um, of the 13 million pets, 30% are buried, 30% cremated, and the rest, 5.2 million animals are rendered. There was a, um, the, San, the San Francisco Chronicle quotes one rendering company estimating that it rendered somewhere between 10,000 and 30,000 pounds of dogs and cats a day out of a, a day out of a total of 250,000 to 500,000 pounds of cattle, poultry, butcher scrap, and other materials. So it almost seems to me that it's impossible for there not to be pets in your pet food. Well, and the thing is that that there's nothing wrong with it, according to pet food people. Well, you couldn't, unless you do a there's, DNA analysis, you would never know. Well, and there's no rule against it. And there's no rule against it. The only it, thing yeah. is when they do get caught. So the issue with this big Rachel Ray thing was not the fact that... There was dog, horse, all sorts of stuff that is like, you know, you can't, you're not even legally allowed to slaughter and horses for meat in the United States. So how is it getting in there? Obviously foreign source meats, which is, you know, where 99.999% of that stuff in those foods is coming from. But the issue is that they didn't get in trouble for having dog in there, which is completely unethical. The issue is that they didn't list beef when it was supposed to be a lamb. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we're using these things like the, the Rachel Ray was tested and found to have dog in it. That's not even the reason why it's being recalled. It's not even a single part of that. Right. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's just because it just, wasn't labeled. You know, the, the pet food regulations in the United States are just... Garbage. Garbage. Um, and so the select few of us that choose to actually exceed that then are and and these raw foods are then like ultra scrutinized by you know companies like you know, not the companies but fda and stuff like that yeah. when we're the only Department ones going of out of our way to make sure that we're getting well-sourced ingredients and not using dog yeah it's a tough one because we can't even, dog we treats. have a lot of uh, really awesome raw pet food companies i'd love to have in the shop but I, they won't sell in ohio valley because the department of ag apparently is really strict on pet food raw pet food specifically mm -hmm. so there's what 24 around 2400 strands of salmonella and i think four of them are like pathogenic like can can cause issues but they don't discriminate so if it's one of the the ones that the one of the, if they're not one of those four they still will make them yeah like, recall and that for a small business that could but just in general yeah i mean like literally by the books there is no mandate that you can't have ground up dogs cats dead horses mm -hmm. uh roadkill is a big one i mean you go to these facilities like if you were to google right now pet food rendering plant don't do don't it. do it but if you want to know there's literally uh dogs and cats with leashes on horses with halters on just vats yeah don't think that anyone's lots. taking and it's like expired meat from the grocery store don't think anyone's going to take the time to take the ceram wrap and the plastic no. and all the packaging off of it no, no they just throw that all in and they found that yeah. In in pet food, like, was right. they're doing deep analysis, they found, like, yeah, bits of plastic and yeah. nylon and things like that. We're not trying to scare you. It's just we can do better. Well, we can do for better me, than this. For me, the point is, why is this not regulated more? And right. it's not going to be if we keep just willy-nilly throwing our money at foods that don't give a crap what they're putting in. And my thing is, pick a brand that you trust. Pick a brand that you know is transparent enough that you feel like they're not lying to you. And and stick with that. You know what I mean? Like I said, I vetted thoroughly a couple brands and I'll rotate through a bunch of them. Look out for things, specifically when we're talking about this rendering process and, and meals. 
Look out, if you see meat meal, animal meal, chicken byproduct meal, meat and bone meal, those are the ones that you want to stay away from. Yeah, because like um, feathers are They're not specific, you know what I mean? You want to be like, okay, so it's a beef meal. Okay, so you know it's, um, th- there are some meals that are actually higher quality than, than others. That's a hard for me to say, but it's true. I mean, there's yeah. some that are going to be more specific and some like a meat meal, you don't, that's, that's everything. That's just a. I mean, yeah, human uh, bodies are meat. Yeah, so, you know, so what? You, it's just or There's animal meal is the same thing. De- de- yeah, defining yeah. what meat it is. Anything that's really general. I don't like. Yeah, when when people say ocean ocean fish meal or something like that or yeah. poultry meal. Okay. It's big. And even if it does end up being an okay ingredient, I don't trust that because they're not being specific enough. I like to know exactly what's going into it. Yeah. And it's almost it's almost impossible to find reasonably priced foods out there now that don't have meals in it. And like you said, that's because they're grinding everything down to mix into a kibble. It's dried already or whatever. Hydrolyzed protein diets is a really big one, really popular. I was listening to Dr. Judy Morgan talk about this actually. And she was explaining that, you know, the hydrolyzed proteins are really taking chicken feathers and breaking it mm-hmm. down chemically. Call them spray dried chicken feather meal. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's that problem. But also I think the definite hydrolyzed proteins are intact proteins that have been chemically pulverized into smaller pieces to avoid stimulating the immune system of pets with GI issues. Historically, these don't work. I, I mean, I have most of my customers had fed had fed hydrolyzed protein. Hydrolyzed protein might be one of the best things for my business that's ever happened because they don't work, and so people. Well, but the problem is people are so scared to try anything else because allergies and chronic GI issues are debilitating. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're expensive, and you can't just not. You can't just like let your dog have diarrhea everywhere. You know right. what I mean? They're going to get dehydrated and stuff like that. And so it makes switching scary and it makes going against what your vet says scary. And, yeah. you know, I say this about Apoquil, like, <laughs> you know, I hate Apoquil, but at the same time, if you get off of it and your dog's inflamed, your dog's right. going to be reacting. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a process, you know, and it's it is. you, you, the end game is to get them off of the Apoquil, you know what I mean? But sure. it can be used your dog is extremely uncomfortable and they're bleeding. They're, you know, have scabs everywhere. Like you need a bandaid, you need a fix yeah. and you want to make them you comfortable. Do. So well, I that's get what it. I always tell people keep, um, going with it while you're actively working to heal the gut. Exactly. Yeah. And while you're actively working to wean onto a better, less inflammatory food, and then wean off of that. I mean, my literal first person who came to me, their dogs were miserable. They were pink. And I said, first of all, go to Anthony, get on raw food. Second of all, switch out Apoquil for turmeric because I think the Apoquil was making her dog aggressive or something like that. And we did. Yeah. We completely weaned this dog off of Apoquil mm-hmm. with the use of diet and anti-inflammatory turmeric. You did that now, slowly is, or you just did a cold? I, I'm pretty sure it was cold turkey Damn. because she's like, okay. my dog is miserable yeah. and we're yeah. miserable because oh, he's they're, they're, acting Apoquil out. wasn't working? It was working, but oh, okay. it was also making him aggressive. Oh, okay. I do remember this now. Um, he's had, and he's a really sensitive dog. Yeah. But, and he every now and then he'll come. He'll kind of I don't want to say have a flare up, but he'll also might start licking his paws or something like that. But we can usually fix it just by using food. He's just he's going to be he's kind of one of those cases where you just got to monitor it and you got to pay yeah. attention to it. And there's always going to be that. It's not going to be easy, but yeah. there is a lot more holistic ways to do it than just chronically suppressing the immune system. And then your dog's going to get sick after sick after sick after sick after sick because yeah. their immune system isn't working. Right. Sure. It's so, not attacking itself anymore. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but also that drug dependency. I just don't like it in general. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more in that than just what it you yeah. know, what it is. 
Um, but hydrolyzed proteins, the whole purpose of them is so that they don't, they're not stimulating the immune system at all. Because it's not, not real They're meat. not doing anything. <laughs> the body is just passing it through because the body just doesn't know what the yeah. hell it is. It's almost um, like starvation, so, nutritional starvation. Yeah, it's like just exact, one it's like off from. Really well said. Nutritionally, nutritional starvation, essentially, because it's not providing them with anything. Mm-mm. It's just, it's just. It's like it's like a an empty them. framework stuffed with synthetic minerals, just enough to like keep them alive. Yeah, and a lot of the the new research shows that it, that they're no more beneficial than like intact protein diets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a complicated one, but um, it is also tough. I mean, there's some dogs that that if that is the last resort and it's the only thing that keeps your dog from being miserable and it works, I get it. But try a different option first that actually have whole nutrition in them. Yeah. Um, but allergies and, and that kind of stuff is that's that's a whole beast in its own. I um, just I just want to bring it up because I just yeah. wanted people to know it sounds fancy. It is. They're you know sexy I mean? words. Yeah, hydrolyzed protein. Like you tell your friends, diet, oh, he's on hydrolyzed diet. protein. Everything about it is sexy. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's anything, but it's literally just uh, chemically broken down chicken feathers. I think so. you see a lot of that now with all of the doodle dogs and a lot of the hybrid dogs having a lot of these issues. I see so many mini Bernadoodles yeah, stuff what? that are yeah. on. Because they're just they're they're well interesting enough. This this whole hydrolyzed protein this this study these is is like a meta analysis, but they the result was really that it was like the abundance of, of foreign contaminants that were found in ultra press processed pet foods that were causing the problem. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't originally the protein, anyways. I tell people this all the time. It doesn't make sense to me that all these dogs and cats have all these yeah. like, protein uh, sensitivities and allergies. Why do we always look at the protein? And <laughs> it's when you're looking at the other dry 800 food, ingredients in there. <laughs> that, that protein, like I said, it really only makes up like 10 to 12% of the, the diet. So, like, how could it not? Why is it that and not all the other synthetic crap and chemicals and toxins that we're putting in there? Why is well, it and even on that, they're like, well, it doesn't have chicken. And he's allergic to chicken. I'm like, well, just because it doesn't list chicken doesn't mean that. What did you say? They have yeah. like two years to change the label I think the they have at least like a that. year to change it. Always go to the website. This is another good one. Always, if you really want the most accurate ingredient list on a, on a pet food, go to the website because they have a year to change out their packaging. Um, so their packaging might not be accurate. What, the ingredients on the packaging might or not be Or even accurate. if it they changed something in a formula that's going out now, I mean, it's going to... You know, you have giant warehouses of this food still sitting out. You could have an old one. So I've had people that have issues with the old food, but not the new food. And they change the formula on these foods a lot. We are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food, who help make the Fangs and Fur podcast come true. Steve's makes real food from locally sourced ingredients that enable you to give your dog or cat nutritional meals every single day with no fillers, no preservatives. Anthony, what do you like best about Steve's? I like a lot of things about Steve's, but one is their long history. They've been doing it longer than most. The second thing is they use whole food and only whole food ingredients. They don't use synthetics. It's just real simple whole food. What do you mean simple? Well, when people look on the back of a bag of kibble, they see a long list of ingredients that most people don't even know what they are. You'd almost have to be a chemist to know. When they come into Fangs and Fur, I'll pull out a box of Steve's Real Food and I'll show them what's in their food. And what you see is beef, beef heart, beef liver, beef kidney, raw goods, milk, broccoli, and a bunch of other whole food, real food. And Mozzie likes it too, so of course I'm a big fan. I know Anthony and I love their mission statement to produce food that is good for your pet and the land that they walk on. So come into our shop, Fangs and Fur, to learn more about Steve's from Anthony or visit stevesrealfood.com. Did you want to talk about greenies? <laughs> less less so greenies than just 
the deceptive imaging, I think. Greenies are wonderful because they're shaped like a toothbrush. Um, Beggin strips look like bacon. Uh, the colored kibble, it shows peas, carrots, and meat on the front of the bag, and the kibbles are red, yellow, and green. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, a green kibble is not a pea. Yeah. You know what I mean? And your dog doesn't see those, so that's if just If there is for you. food coloring in anything that you're giving your dog, immediately stop. Yeah. Immediately stop, because one is damaging. There's nothing in those that are good for your dog. Right. Your dog cannot see color to begin with. It's specifically for you. It's specifically put in there to deceive you, and you should not like that somebody is taking advantage of you like that because they're basically making a fool of you. And I used to buy, okay, I don't think I ever bought colored kibble, but you know, I used to see these and I'm like, oh, they're cute. They're shaped like bears. Oh, it it it's pink and looks like a hedgehog. They did um, They had them shaped like bears. I don't know. There's cookies and stuff out there. Oh, they're yeah. Cute. Um, I know what you're talking about. They're actually kind of good. I've had some. <laughs> With the Grandma Lucy's ones? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're banging. I used to eat well, them. Well, they're <laughs> actually, they're just Teddy Grahams. <laughs> it's basically, yeah. yeah, like a slightly lower sugar Teddy Graham. Yeah. But, um, you know, at least at least know what's in it. At least look past that cute marketing. Your dog does not give a crap what shape or color it is, and it's for you. And I do. I buy myself, uh, you know, my dog, the cute cupcakes from the K-Count. She makes really awesome stuff. Um, sure. And birthday cakes and stuff like that. But I'm at least making sure that natural things are being used to color it. Um, I think cookies are cute, so I buy them. Um, but then I also feed my dog duck wings and beef ears and glottis that look disgusting and meaty yeah, my dog that's thinks a good, it's crack. That's a good point. Like, I'm I not saying you can't tell feed me. those things. I mean, I, I I don't feed Mozzie those things because he, he'll have an episode. Like, he'll just explode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He just, he's got a really sensitive stomach. But most dogs can tolerate that stuff. And I think that stuff's fun. It's great. You know, it's... I think it's fun. Um, Everything, you know, everything's fine in moderation. We, I mean, we I... Sell, like, we sell the cake on and that stuff flies. Um, yeah. And she spends a lot of time going through her ingredients are like picked purposely. It's real simple. It's real simple stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nothing crazy. And I, I like it because people are like, well, what's in it? And I can just like, here, this is these are the ingredients. It's, it's um, easy stuff, quality stuff. So milk. So like on the contrary, milk bones, for example, you know, you look in the ingredients of milk. These are the most popular ingredients in the United or the most popular treats in the United States. And it's wheat flour, ground whole wheat. And you know what the third ingredient is? Meat and bone meal. So, again, going back to the meat meal, the mystery meat, we don't know what's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, everything under the sun that is euthanized or in these treats, essentially. And then they use preservatives like BHA and BHT, which I'm pretty sure BHA or BHT, one of them is outlawed in Europe, um, but extremely carcinogenic well, we should also, preservatives. On that, a lot of the crap that's in pet food in the United States and human food, on that note is super illegal in Canada, Europe, yeah. you know what I mean? So if it passes Canadian and Europe standards, like I know um, Champion Pet Foods sells over the place, so a lot of their foods are all under that same blanket. Uh-huh. It's a li- It should make you feel a little bit better because they have pretty stringent um, regulations with that. Um, yeah, the BHA, the food colorings, the preservatives, I mean, there's some really sketchy stuff out there. Don't, don't fall into that trap. I had, was talking to some people today. Well, we feed our dog... They weren't sure if they could eat the duck necks, if their dogs could eat the mm. duck necks, but their dogs eat the greenies. And I looked at them and I said, I can 100% guarantee you that if they can eat greenies, that they can eat these duck necks. Yeah. And I will tell you right now that they are 100% 
more beneficial to your pets than those greenies. And the best thing you can do is throw those in the, those greenies in the trash. But and they looked at me like I had nice. three eyes, but I'm I'm but their yeah. vet said to feed the greenies. And cat greenies get me the most. I'm like, oh god, your cat um, does not need potato greenies, starch for its teeth. Yeah, so greenies are just starch essentially. Yeah. Um, there's nothing in there that's gonna help. It's it's so detrimental to your pet's dental health at, at the bare minimum. Um I mean it's like chewing gum and saying that you're cleaning your teeth. Except worse because worse, you're eating it. It's like you're chewing eating gum and then sugar. eating it. You have, like, it's like not even, it's, it's carb, sticky yeah. carbohydrates. I have people um, like feed greenies every single day. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. The amount of but the, crap but that's my building dog up likes that dog's the taste body. Of them. I know. My dog likes <laughs> the taste of poop. And my dog <laughs> loves, Belle's absolute favorite thing is for some reason the mulch or like the dirt under the mulch at the playground at the base of the slide. Not sure why. Every okay. single time she loves it. Yeah. But that's Dirty like a stuff. big argument. You know, you're going out and you're buying these cutesy wootsy things. And I'm like, I have customers that specifically come to me and say the grosser, the better. I ask people, I'm like, Should, do you want me to wash the beef ears? And they're like, absolutely not. Grosser, the better. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. Because, yep. you know, you want things to be as close to nature as possible, as close to nature as possible. But I also understand that I want people to feel OK feeding them. And yeah. it's, it's kind of gross. Um, it is, I but I know, pretty gross. <laughs> I know a, a certain food nutritionist or food scientist that sprinkles dirt on his pet's food, like hmm. dirt from like Amish farms. Oh yeah. You probably know what I'm talking about, but, I do. um, you know, so I kind of get your point. I'm all, I'm, dirt has I'm nutrients, all but people are like freaking out that the dogs are eating dirt and grass. I'm like, that's okay. They're just trying to fill a gap. If your dog is eating it every single day, that means you need to change their diet. But if your dog every now and then goes out and grazes on some really good, rich farm dirt, yeah, let him. Yeah. You don't need to market dirt. It keeps everything else on the planet alive. Dirt's a whole other topic. We're about, what, 50 more, not even <laughs> 25 more years of topsoil in this country. Yeah. Before well, everything's depleted and we're, we're toast. Like that. No, I think, you know, following those kind of what, what we talked about, I think those are the big ones. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. If I could conclude all of this, it's become a conscious consumer. Um, if you're going to buy something, at least know why you're buying it. Um, yeah. Take take 20 minutes while you're sitting on your couch, research your food, and remind yourself why you're buying that food. I think a lot of times you're going to research, well, you're gonna say, I don't know, It. somebody told me it was good. Okay, figure out why you're buying that food, why you're buying those treats, why you're adding that supplement. Are you adding it because the bottle said it was hip and joint? Or are you adding it because it actually has beneficial things in there? Um, become a conscious consumer, know why you're buying things, why you're giving these people your money. Um, look past the sexy marketing. Uh, just because it has a wolf on it doesn't mean it has anything to do with wolves. Is, you know, look at the ingredient panel, look past it, look into the company. Is there actually things that contribute it being a little bit more ethically sourced or a little bit more biologically appropriate? And look into the words. I mean, I literally had a whole class, a whole um, uh, chapter section in my nutrition class in college about pet food marketing because um, if it says recipe, then it's this, this, and this. But if it says dinner, then it's this, this, and this. There's a whole- with rice. Yeah, if it has with, with rice in it. Only has to be, I think, three percent of. Only has to the total formula only has to be three percent beef. Yeah, what, uh, at, at, at the minimum. 
there is literally a whole or at language. The most it has to be three percent. Like yeah. a like a made up language in pet food marketing just to help. Um, yeah, made with. Uh, if you see, it means only three percent of something is included on the made with label. Uh, like has to be applied. So if it's yeah with beef. Oh, yeah, or beef. Flavor, it just has like to be at least mm-hmm. beef. You know, three percent beef. That's not enough. So look through it. Look past um, the packaging for sure. Look, you can easily find this like language on the internet that will at least give you the tools to be able to look more into it. I just, yeah, my biggest thing is becoming a conscious consumer. There's 8,000 foods out there and 90% of them are making a fool of all of us. Yeah, It's the same with human marketing, but I just think it's a little bit more rampant for pet food because... They can get away with a lot more. They can get away with a lot more. There's so few regulations. So we'll end it there. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.